Welcome tribe. This is The Brew with Suzanne Morning. Hey, at the end of each month we have a channel guidance session for question and answers, so please send us your questions. Our email is thebrewwithsuzannemorning at gmail.com. That email on the podcast image. So grab your cuppa, jump on in, the portal is opening. And let's begin. The Brew with Suzanne Morning. Welcome, beloved. Welcome to The Brew with Suzanne. Morning. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about channeling. Um, What is channeling? Why? Who does it? What does it feel like? Can anyone do it? And any other thoughts you may have around that. So if you've got some questions, do feel free to email them to us at thebrewwithsuzannemorning at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback. So what is channeling? Um, This is something I do. And do we all do it? To a degree, we all do it. How would I define that, channeling? I would say it's just, it's like a channel. I call myself a pipe. And the divine energy flows through with messages. So it's basically what it is. It's a, it's a channel. It's a channel. We become like a reporter, um, a voice, a physical manifestation that the divine the other side can talk through. And probably the next question that begs to be asked is, who does channeling? Or who do we channel? Now that's a good question. Not everyone knows who they're channeling all the time. Um, A little bit of background to that. I would say if I was answering that for myself, that I'm channeling the divine. Whatever you call that. Source, um, the great creator, Papatua Nuki Ranginui if you're in New Zealand, um, and you're a Māori. We can also be channeling our guides Ascended Masters who are there for a while to help us through something. We could be channeling our higher selves. And I say plural. Channeling animals. um, Our loved animals on the other side. Or even parts of our incarnated self that we have dissociated from. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? So those are a few ideas of who and what we could be channeling. Now... When I say my higher self, um, sometimes people refer to our higher self as part of God, and it is. It is. Some people feel safer using that term. I remember once in a meditation seeing images of my higher self, and that was entertaining. My female self had this ornamental high headdress. It was It was almost like um, Asian. It was huge headdress with long ornamented decorations hanging off it. Ceremonial. And then later I saw my male self with all the attributes of 
males that I find interesting. I had my thick hair, I had smaller eyes, I had kind of a Native American Indian nose, olive skin with a blue hue. It was fascinating. <laughs> I saw these pictures of my higher self. Well, I wouldn't have believed it if someone had told me, so I needed to see it for myself. And that's how I presented myself at that time to myself. And maybe at another time I'll present myself in a different way. Um, so it's a creative and colourful journey channeling. And I do think it's a place where we can have fun and connect to the creative abundance and imagination and potential of possibilities on the other side. So I'm not going to be black and white or or hard and fast about rules. I'm just going to share my experience and my beliefs um, thus far. And I'll tell you one thing I have really enjoyed channeling is when I'm with people and I tune into their animals and I'm channeling the reincarnated version of a dog they have. Now one lady who's got a beautiful dog, deeply connected to her, and I remember this dog was going through some illness and she, the owner was so worried. And um, I said to her, look, your, your dog, Sally, is far stronger than you realize. And she's telling you not to worry so much. And then I saw a flash picture of an Alsatian. I said, look, she's as strong as an Alsatian. And she said, well, actually, my previous dog was an Alsatian. So we concluded that was the previous incarnation of Sally. And the interesting thing is that Sally, this current carnation of your dog, has the same mannerisms, the same way of sitting and crossing your paws in this very particular specific way and cocking your head and just doing some very specific things, mannerisms and eating techniques that were specific to her last dog that was an Alsatian. So we are never separated from those that we love. And animals come through. I remember doing a reading for a lady and just tuning into her animals because she, she does a lot of work with um, rescue dogs. And so she had one was a rescue dog and one was a dog that had been there in the family since a puppy. So this dog had had a very balanced and well-adjusted life. So I was tuning into all the dog's allergies the, the dog that had been raised from a puppy. And yes, she had these, she would gnaw at her little left paw and she would do this and she was very loud and vibrant. But they had come together, these two dogs in the family, to sort of offset each other like yin and yang. Because the other rescue dog, when I tuned into that dog, had had a really tough life in a gang member's family. But as we tuned in, felt that this dog had been sent to protect one of the gang members um, to keep him from passing over and committing suicide and to protect his daughter, which seems pretty phenomenal to tune into a dog and get all that. I mean, that's like, woo! But yes, he had been found around um, the... Um, drug dealers and gangs headquarters and as I tuned in I got a sense that now he had been found and he had been brought to this home and he was working with one of their sons and I picked up on the particular son and yes he did it's like he would sit around him and absorb his frequency when he was uh, becoming excessively worried and anxious and dogs have 
such a gift. They can pick up when people are about to have seizures. They pick up on some brain activity. They have an amazing, as you know, smell range and hearing range that extends past our range. And yet for some reason we think we're more sophisticated. And they pick up on these things. And so he would sense all of these activities and frequencies around the, the, um, the sun, come and sit on his bed, and just his presence and sitting with him would somehow absorb and temper those activities and he would calm down. And I've seen this in quite a few readings with animals. And at first I thought, hmm, that's a little bit peculiar. Seems a little bit out there. But the more I do it and the more I see, the more I realize animals are sent in to do healing work and they have a mission and they have a purpose and they have feelings and memory and they have gifts and they have likes and they have dislikes. And one particular animal I was channeling for a lady, I just picked up on all the horse's injuries because this lady had been away from her horse for a significant period of time and so we just tuned into him and he was giving a report on all the things that needed attended to, attending to in his body. One was like his left hoof. There was a little abscess there and a few other things. Sure enough, when she got there, these were all the issues. So there was this beautiful channeling of communication between her and her animals saying, this is what I need help with. And the animals had come in to teach her compassion, to be a companion um, so when we channel anything and everything that is beneficial to us can come in isn't that fascinating it's always an adventure if you're a channeler or you want to do this to just think of it as I call it opening channel like turning on the TV and just being surprised with what comes through and not having expectations or rigidity because the divine is massive and creative and as you know space is forever expanding and that is the nature of the divine that it is always creating and moving forward and anything and everything can happen and the divine bends over backwards to communicate with us in our way. That is personal and let me say intimate and unique to you so that you know you are seen and heard in this vast, lonely and empty universe. This lonely planet at times. So one of the reasons we might go for channeling is to just tune in and feel that sense of connection, of guidance, of being seen and heard and validated. And knowing we're not alone. Now I think recently of someone I tuned in, I got a name. It was a very unusual name, like Dominicatus. But it was the name of their grandfather. And I felt that one of their children that had passed over, spirit child, as in someone who had miscarried, had taken this name. So it was a double reassurance that her child was on the other side had taken the name of the grandfather who she was very close to on the other side and they were caring for each other and that's what happens when our we miscarry and or terminate the spirits pass over they're met by those on the other side um 
I had a reading from a very dear friend and she saw my Welsh grandmother holding a pink blanket with a little girl in it and a, a grandfatherly figure standing beside clutching his heart. So those were my grandparents, um, the ones that I was close to, and holding um, a daughter I had miscarried. Now, just on the, the note of that, and I would like to talk about this later in a podcast, sometimes a woman may only have held that zygote embryo, I'm not sure of the correct term, for a few days. You may not even know you've miscarried, but spirit comes in, passes through your womb and to the other side for a reason, and we'll look at that another day in another session. So that's like a validation, and it's also comforting. For the grief we endure to know that it's okay, we've got your children. Yes, grieve, be sad. It is part of the human experience to go through grief. And a reading, as I think the beautiful Tyler Henry says, is not a substitute for grief because we came incarnated to feel and to go through these things. And what is grief? It is anger, <clears throat> sadness. Denial, bargaining, all muddled up till we finally reach acceptance. And with that comes wisdom, compassion, knowing and healing. And it's a messy process. So channeling can bring us guidance. It can bring us validation. It can bring us great comfort. So really, it... It's reminding us we are not alone on the journey, though we feel dreadfully alone and disconnected, though our hearts are broken. It's like the moment where Christ is hanging on the cross, screaming or yelling, my God, my God, 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 why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? Why? Why? It's the agony of that. And don't be ashamed or embarrassed to say that and feel that because we all feel that <clears throat> in our lives at one stage or another or many times. And that is sometimes the pain of the human incarnation. And that's often what drives us to see someone for a bit of guidance or validation. And that is okay. And sometimes after grief, we're so intensely sad it is hard to receive or hear. So... Sometimes it takes a bit of time for the message to come through when we've settled in. Now there is this great scripture. Um, it's be still and know. Be still and know that I am God and we are all part of God. I am the part of God that is Suzanne experiencing the world through the perspective of Suzanne for the Suzanne and God. You are the Sally in God, experiencing the world through the lens of Sally. You are Jeremy, experiencing the world of God through the eyes and the heart and the emotions as an artist, as Jeremy. You are Tom, the scientist, experiencing the rational, the data, the inventions of God through the intellectual and probing mind of the God of Tom. We are all experiencing and feeling and channeling different parts of God 
And I'm just going to jump around here a bit. Um, because channeling doesn't necessarily have to come through a person. <clears throat> Sometimes it comes to us in dreams. Now some of us are more dreamers than others. Some of us are very clairvoyant. Clairvoyant just means you channel through sight. Clear audience, you hear it. Clear sentience, you, you feel it. Some people smell things as well. Because I am mainly a feeler and a seer. I will often have dreams, images, pictures when I'm in a reading or a healing. And dreams. So let me tell you about one. This is my personal experience. And I like sharing stories because I think they've got power. And people can latch on to stories and <clears throat> take multiple meanings and healing from them. Um, but I, I, as I was brought up, I've mentioned this earlier in my trailer pod, in a very fundamental Christian household. And there were many aspects that was, were wonderful and, and some not so good that I misconstrued. But I remember I felt I shouldn't be grieving when my grandfather died because, <clears throat> you know, after all, hadn't he gone to heaven? There's no point to grieve. But wrong. Um, grief is an important part of being human and being separated from our loved ones. So I didn't cry. Fast forward to when I was about 30 and going through my divorce. That triggered um, grief for me. All grief to do with all men. And because my father, uh, my grandfather was probably closer to me emotionally than my father and my relationship during the divorce was triggering all my issues around my relationships with men via my father. I found myself grieving for my grandfather and calling for him and wanting him. So here's an interesting thing. Feelings don't age. What we repress just sits there in a box till we're ready to open it and feel it. And at the age of 30, I started to grieve what I had repressed and blocked at the age of 15. When I said, I don't need to grieve. He's in heaven. It's all good. And I blocked it and pushed it down. I got quite good at doing that. <clears throat> yeah, quite good at repressing, blocking, putting things down and not crying. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing. A little bit of a backstory to Granddad. Um, Granddad was what they called a habitual criminal. He had a bit of a drinking issue. He'd get quite violent. He was in an unhappy marriage with my grandmother. Shotgun wedding. Um... And he had been to a fortune teller who had said, you've got a violent death coming up. Well, at that time, that made sense because he was mixing uh, in violent circles. So, yeah, snapshot of his future. Here's a double lesson in here. Snapshot of his future at that time was, was correct. So when you get a reading, don't see it set in concrete because it's just a snapshot of where you're going. Rather, let it be a reminder of, shoot, that's where I'm going. What do I need to do <clears throat> to change this? Now, granddad at the age of 50, um, after coming out of one of his return visits out of prison, had some kind of spiritual encounter where he realized there was some being out there. He decided he wanted to do some sort of surrender thing and get to know this being. Um, and he started to integrate it into his life, and he changed. He actually changed from this violent, angry, insecure man 
just something that was quite quiet and settled. And he went off and got a vocation in his 50s, became a boiler man, went back to prison working as a boiler man, and he became the padre, the... Um, took over, well, he didn't take over. They wouldn't really listen to the, the ministers that would come to the prisons, but they'd listen to old Tom because he'd spent 50 years in and out of prison all his life. So something in there changed. He changed his life. He started to put things right, um, tried to make restitution, and he became a, quite a loving, gentle man. It was pretty miraculous. So the short of the long is that reading changed. And when he did die, he died peacefully in his sleep, which is what he'd always wanted, and he'd feared that it would be otherwise. But as he changed his life, his reading changed. While I was going through all this trauma with my, my divorce, actually, and um, calling out to my grandfather, because I was desperate for the comfort and company of a man I trusted who could hold me who had pure motives, and that was my grandfather, because the time I came along, he was a different man, and he showed me what love was like. And then I had a dream one night, and in the dream he came to me, and he sat with me, and he put his arms around me, and he said, you know, I had to go, I had to die, and he said, what's more, I went the way I always wanted to go, and I, I just nodded and said, yes, yes, and in that dream, in that moment, when he visited me in the dream, because that's what I believed it was, I accepted his death. I saw the beauty and the, um, what would you call it? The miraculous irony of a man who was destined for a violent death, falling asleep and passing over. And that dream was very healing to me, very healing. And after that, I was able to resolve my grief because I had become quite stuck in it. So often dreams will be a place of channeling for us. So be open to your dreams, be open to your dreams. And there'll be a bit more of that in another podcast where I'll talk all about dreams and how to access them. And if you can't access them, what's happening and what's What's going on? Um, so I've had several dreams um, from many people who have passed over. Children I've lost in, in the womb, my grandmother. And they've all been validating and they've been, they've enabled me to have closure on my grief for some trauma or issues stuck around them where I couldn't let them go. So channeling can also happen through a dream, not just a person. And just jumping back to the other issue, a lot of people I find they're at a crossroad in their life and that's when they come for a reading. And what I want to say is remember, you have free agency over your life, nothing set in concrete. And as we learn and grow and change, so does the options, the alternative routes that are given to us. And so when we get guidance from the other side, it is indeed just guidance. And we're free to choose. And the guidance will come in for our highest and best good. You might get some um, insight around, actually this person has a terrible gambling problem. 
or violence. Now, I was warned once and ignored it and went ahead and I found out firsthand what that was about. I had been warned, but I like to sometimes learn the hard way, so I went ahead and went through all the agony and suffering. Was that a terrible mistake of mine? Sometimes it felt like it because there was a lot of pain involved, but in other ways, I believe the universe is so creatively, I'm going to use this biblical word, redemptive, that everything and anything we go to can be, let's say, reformed into something good. No experience is lost, no experience is wasted. And so now, um, women will come to me who have suffered all sorts of different kinds of abuse and I can relate to everything they've gone to without judgment and with depth and with healing because I went through it because I ignored that guidance and went through it. <laughs> and some things we may not fully understand till we get to the other side. We may not fully get till we get to the other side. So that's an interesting one on guidance, but the point I'm making is we still have free agency and don't get too uptight if you don't follow everything because no matter what you do, everything can be. If you just say, I surrender all this learning, it allows it to be picked up by a higher frequency. We'll call this the divine frequency and somehow I'm going to say redemptively, creatively, reformed, realigned, recreated into wisdom and knowledge that is used for your and others' highest good. I do believe that. My experience. So if you go to a channel for guidance, just remember it's your choice. Things aren't said in concrete. And really good channeling should come with a bucket full of wisdom. And... If you are in a repetitive pattern, always picking the same romantic, violent partner, then it's time probably to get a healing session rather than a reading. And a good um, reader, what I'd like to say, ideally if they can, is someone who will go, whoa, we just need to move now from a reading into a healing because I'm picking up a block. Are you ready to look at this? And sometimes I know when I'm doing sessions, it'll move from a reading into a healing or from a healing into a reading. It's really a mix um, at times. So be open to that when you're going in to see someone, to let it be what it is. Sometimes some people don't come through and we don't know why. Sometimes other people will come through. But just trust that you're getting what you need to at the moment and we can't know everything up front. We have to have um, enough not knowing to choose freely and to know that we've chosen what we wanted. It's like if someone forced you into a relationship and said, well, this is the right one, you have to have it. You must love them and you will love them. You know you have to. Whereas if you've had the opportunity to learn and grow and choose, there's something, um, what shall I say? You have far wider breadth, depth, knowledge and understanding of your choice and how you got there and why you didn't get there so soon. 
and who you didn't want and why you didn't want. Lots more knowledge and understanding and, and sometimes to gain that knowledge and understanding it does come with pain. It does come with pain because we're polarized. Well, I definitely don't want that again. So now I've had that, I know I want this. Sometimes we have to go through contrast to understand what it is we really want and don't want. And that motivates us and pushes us in the right direction. Now another thing that people often come to in a reading session is about romantic interests. So when you go to someone and you're asking this, maybe some good questions to ask ourselves first is, why am I wanting this kind of person? What is this person that I'm imagining going to give me that I need to give myself? In what way is this person comforting or healing me? that I need to look at that area and go into and be comforted and healed myself. So those are really good and slightly scary questions to ask because isn't it nicer if someone just comes in and gives it all to us and doesn't ruffle our feathers to stir up our inner pain. Hmm. But it doesn't work like that. Usually relationships come in, usually, as a reflection <clears throat> of something in us we need to see about ourselves. Now, I was talking to a lady in an abusive relationship. We'll call him Jack. And I said, there is a Jack in you that is at a subconscious level in agreement with the Jack of your husband marriage. Because that's why he's resonated with you. And on some level you're fighting him, but on another level you're really fighting a part of yourself. So when we are looking at romantic relationships, take some time or wanting them. Take some time to reflect. What am I really wanting here? I'm wanting someone to hold me. I'm wanting to have sex with someone because I was never touched growing up. And right now I'm feeling really insecure and lonely and I need comfort. Hey, we are social beings. <coughs> Excuse me, we need touch, we need comfort, we need all of these things. However, when the drive is a craving and it's a bit obsessive, that's a little red flag that, oh, I think there's something in me that needs healing. And we'll look at those in other sessions. Well, I won't digress now because that's another topic. But let's look at why we're wanting a romantic partner and what we're asking for and see how that comes back to ourself. Because if we can heal it in ourself, we won't have to attract that in, in the partner for the lesson. Aha! Now did you get that?
If we can look at ourselves and go, whoa, I want him because I'm feeling this. How do I heal myself of this? And then we heal ourselves of this. We don't need to call in that partner who's going to say, you're shit. You're a bit stupid. You're not particularly worthy. And he may say that in all sorts of different ways by ignoring you or having an affair or disregarding you or not sharing. But we're getting the message we're not worthy because part of us believes that. We're attracting it in as a reflection. Now I know for me, and I'll share about this later in some other podcasts, I have attract I attracted in a man who had exactly the name of my father. Gordon Thomas. And my dad was Gordon Thomas because I had unfinished business with my dad that I needed to resolve in that marriage. So it came in as a lesson. And now I can look back with great approval on that relationship and say thank you for bringing to light all the parts of me that did not love and accept myself. I was different. I am not a linear sequential left brain dominant person and I always thought I had to be in my family and the man I married thought I had to be too. So this became a wonderful lesson and oh my god I am so different from all of yous, yous, yous in my family, yous, the men I went out with, I'm so different from yous, I am really different. But. I am not unworthy. I am not stupid. I have a different way of looking at things. Oh, and I'm different because I'm wired different because I have these gifts and I'm very creative and I write poetry and stories that are very gifted and creative. Well, I think so. And a few of the publishers thought so as well. And I think different. I approach problem solving different. Oh, I'm not linear sequential and left brain dominant. I am not unworthy and stupid. I am not an oddball. I just have a different way of scaling the mountain. When I accepted and loved myself, I was able to step back from these men and say thank you for reflecting back my own self-rejection. That took a few decades. Several decades. Several decades. So isn't that... Just interesting. Gone off on a bit of a diversion here. Bit of a diversion. But it's such a big question, people coming in with romantic interests. And they do come in, and it is good. There's usually always some little lesson in there. So the next time you're in a fight, just step back and go, whoop, what am I here to learn? Because if you can look at it that way, there'll be less pain and suffering, and there'll be more growth and resolution. If you want a good relationship, work on yourself. And then you'll need less lessons in a nutshell. Having said that, a reading around relationship can still be helpful. You can tune in and see, well, this person's got these issues and this, and you're going to have to cope with it in this way to help them. And they're going to do this for you. So I just wanted to share that, because that's kind of a, a, a large concept and a misconception have people have about romantic love. Now, I want to also talk about, people ask, what's it like being a channeler? Well, I can't speak for everyone, but I do know quite a few, and we're all often very sensitive. We're tuned in quite differently. We're empathic. 
we're often quite passionate, emotionally intense, visual artistic. Um, not saying those who are visually artistic also can't be very organized and linear. I know someone who's both. Um, but speaking for myself, um, I tend to be very creative, artistic, feeling, musical. And that's often how I channel. I'll talk quite poetically at times. I'll have lots of metaphors and stories to help people understand the concepts that are coming through. I will even sing or use sound frequencies. So it comes through the instrument that is Suzanne, which is a musical, creative, colourful, vibrant, laughing, feeling, intense, passionate kaleidoscope of experiences. So that's how it comes through me. And it comes through all the experiences I've had, the frequencies I've carried, and the knowledge, words, language, and pictures I carry is the frame of reference they have to work through. So the more I sort of read and see and do, the more data they've got to pull on from the other side when they're giving me pictures. And what do I feel? Um, well, as a channeler, um, we're sensitive. I'm sensitive. I have to, oh, I can't really do alcohol. I can barely do kombucha. Certainly can't do drugs. I have to eat pure. Everything is amplified in my body. Feelings, food, all sorts. Very amplified, so I have to be purified, distilled, and how I live my life. Lots of rest, sleep, peace. Can't watch awful, horrible movies. Um, things are amplified, and I have to live in a state of as much calm, peace, kindness, and I have to work through my own issues and do a lot of forgiveness so I can stay in an open state. Um, so, yeah, there is work involved. And that's kind of my commitment to staying as pure a channel as I can. Um, I'll often feel tingling in my body when I'm channeling, tingling in my head. Sometimes I will have jolts of electricity run through me, especially when I'm clearing my own stuff. Um, I will often burp. Yes, I said it. Burp or yawn, mainly burp. I have to explain that to people because they're like, what? You just burped. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I burped. Oh, the irony. The irreverent, sacrilegious irony of the healing burper. Burp. Yes. Now, this is a phenomena I have noticed about myself as I'm doing release for others. I will physically burp a release out of my body. My friends noticed it and they called it the burper truth. So, and I have met other channelers um, who do the same thing, burp and yawn. So the body is actually releasing things. We are so connected. Mind, body, spirit, it is all connected. Beloved, it is all connected. Everything is connected. So if you've noticed that in yourself, well, there's an explanation, a creative one. I tried to tell that to a psychologist once and he wouldn't have a bar of it. <laughs> I think he thought I was a bit loopy, but that's okay. That's okay. I would rather be thought loopy and woo-woo and enjoy and get to do this wonderful magical work in the cosmos, in the colorful kaleidoscope of the dynamic, adventurous, sensual, poetic, expanding mind of the divine. It's far more exciting and bit more intriguing than Netflix I have found although I do enjoy Netflix as well 
Um, I'm also sensitive to noise, um, malls, I find exhausting, supermarkets. Never used to know why I would come away from the malls, I'd be wiped, or from the supermarket, wiped. Um, I used to think, God, what is wrong with me? My Bless my poor family, like, why are you always sleeping? Why do you need to sleep so much? Now I know why. There was a lot I'm processing and a lot at night. So any of you empathic sensitives out there relating to this, let me just say you're all normal, you're all beautiful. We do a lot of work when we're asleep. We'll talk about that in another podcast. Um, and you're okay. There's nothing wrong with you. This hyper busy Western culturalized product orientated, busy as a badge of honor, busy, 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 die is a philosophy that does not actually serve us in the long run and we can miss the mark. So take it easier, take it slower and know that you're okay. Um now, just about running out of time, I might have to do another podcast on this. I'm just going to start closing up here, but what I want to say is that's what I feel physically, um, emotionally. I feel, as channelers do, and you may feel this as empaths, it's like literally jumping into the person's body. In fact, some people feel that is what they do scanning the body, seeing things, and I begin to feel what they feel, see what they see, experience what they experienced. And that is how the divine validates you went through this at this age and it felt like this. And then they start crying, oh my God, someone understands. And that is the beauty and love of the divine who's traveled through every breath of your life and experienced it with you. And then offers release, clearing and healing and restoration. So I will feel stuff that's happened to them then I will feel the people who did the stuff to them and give some insight then I will feel it from the divine's perspective what stuff they were meant to learn from that or they did learn and also who they are how the divine sees them you are this and you are that there was a guy who um one day just came to me I'm feeling the divine saying arise Sir Simon you are honoured, arise Sir Simon, honoured knight. I thought, well, that's a bit of a weird thing to say to a man in the 20th century. Um, but I felt like the divine was saying, I am honouring you. You are a man. I am knighting you. Please don't carry this shame anymore. This is who you really are. Do not compare yourself to alpha males and radi blah blah and this money and that house. This is who you really are. The divine was just coming through and saying, you are this. Please agree with me. And with tears in his eyes, he said, actually, and he showed me a necklace he wore around his neck. It was a sword. Oh, hang on, I didn't tell the story right. The, the divine actually knighted him, was kneeling before him, knighted him on each shoulder, and it said, arise, Sir Simon. The Honorable Sir Simon, arise. Take your dignity, take your knighthood, know who you are. And he wore a sword, unbeknown to me, around his neck, something he's always worn, and it was a symbol of um, it, was a, it was a symbol of his belief and a sword of honor. And it was like he'd forgotten that who he was, and he had got down on himself, and I'm this, and I'm a failure, and I didn't do that. 
And then on top of that, the divine during the whole reading was also saying, Luke Skywalker, and there you are with your Skywalker light beamer thing. There were lots of references to that because the divine was playing with him and reminding him. Now, isn't that beautiful? So I will often jump into all aspects of the drama and feel it on their behalf. And you channelers out there or people who are empaths will get that. As kids, you felt like that. You could pick up on stuff and you knew. And sometimes that makes you tired. And when you, if that overwhelms you, you just ask for the divine, ask for the Christ light. That is the energy I channel through, which is unconditional love in its purest form, I believe. I just call it the face of the divine, source creation. Um, to me, Christ is the name that I give to pure unconditional love for your highest good and priority that has no payback and agenda and that does karmic busting on your behalf so ask the christ energy all source all the divine whatever you're comfortable with to be a a light around you protecting you in your empathic sensitive ways and teaching you how to navigate all that um and as a from a spiritual perspective i would say it is very satisfying to do this work it's like coming home. It's like 50 years of all the lessons I've had, um, which were a lot of seemingly messes to other people um, and chaos and being told you're going to do um, healing work somewhere along the way and have you made it to the you know, the top of your mountain. Many times being told the same thing. And yet all I saw was my life really going around in circles, around a drain, having mountains of um, tumultuous um, disorientating traumas and experience and relationships and loss but they were all my learning and training and through that let me tell you that everything got replaced and restored and it's still being worked out I'm not there yet so if you're on the journey and all's not well then you're not at the end yet and so stay in the game stay the course because you're in your training and things do happen and when it comes in it'll be gifted it'll be powerful and the timing will be right so I just want to share that for those of you who feel disorientated and when's it going to happen for me it's happening for you now you're in the movie you're in the movie and it's coming soon it's coming soon and if this is your work you will feel a bliss satisfaction um, and it'll be tailor-made for you. All my quirkiness, all my experiences, everything get creatively pulled together to do what I do. So, my beloved, if you have questions, send them in. The brew with Suzanne Morning at gmail.com. Spelling is on the visual of the podcast at the beginning. Love to hear questions and feedback and our questions for our channel guidance at the end of the month. But in closing, I would like to say Seek someone if you need some guidance, validation and comfort. We are all interdependent helping each other on the journey. It is worth the investment and don't expect a one-stop, one-hour magic shop. It's a progression and it's in layers. If you want the best results, it's good to invest in several sessions as you would with anything else, with your physical body or your spiritual body. Take the time. I know for me, the more I see someone, sort of the deeper and the quicker and easier we tune in. So there's something there to um, 
having that ongoing relationship. I hope this has made sense to you. I hope it's been uplifting. For those of you who are looking, there are many books um, and YouTube channels you can look into. And in closing, I would like to say um, channel through and by yourself as well. Just sit still, breathe in and go into a quiet space. Let the noise in your head be there. And somewhere in there in the midst of the noise, ask yourself some questions and listen for the answers. They may not come straight away, but they will come in a song or a book or someone else. And it might be nice to journal what you're requesting and seeking. Just sit and breathe and listen. You can do it walking. You can do it while you're wallpapering or painting. It's just creating a space where you can start to hear yourself. That gentle, still, small voice within. And do some channeling yourself. If you need help, please feel free to reach out. My website's suzannemorning.com S-U-S-A-N-N-E, morning like good morning. I want to finish with a quote. Come to the edge, he called. No, we will fall. Come to the edge, he called. No, no, we will fall. We will fall. Come to the edge. They came. He pushed them gently and they flew. Light and love, my beloved, may you know that flight is part of your destiny. Light and love. Visit us on suzannemorning.com or and join our tribe on Facebook, Suzanne Morning, Health and Healing. Like, follow, and don't forget to say hi. For our monthly end channel guidance, please send in your questions and we'll do our best to answer them. Email them to us at thebrewwithsuzannemorning at gmail.com. Suzanne, S-U-S-A-N-N-E, morning spelt like good morning. Love and go well.